Welcome to the Age of Agility. This is a show where we talk to people who are facing unique challenges with an agility mindset. We'll learn from industry leaders, business and IT professionals, and even check in on our colleagues from time to time. Stay tuned as we explore the Age of Agility. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Age of Agility podcast. This is Nick LaFleur, producer of the show. This week, we're continuing our suite of episodes about agile entrepreneurship uh, with a guest whose industry is very much topic of interest as we look beyond the pandemic era of lockdowns and working from home. This week, Shannon is joined by Jonathan Wasserstrom, CEO and co-founder of Squarefoot, a commercial real estate startup which helps growing companies find their physical place. As you're likely aware, 2020 was a year where many people stopped commuting to the office. We talked to Jonathan about how this past year has accelerated the future of what going to the office looks like and why he's betting that the future of office space will evolve rather than go extinct. Take a listen and enjoy our conversation with Jonathan Wasserstrom, co-founder of Squarefoot. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Age of Agility podcast. Happy 2021. Um, I am your host, Shannon Curran, and we are here with a really exciting guest today. We're here with Jonathan Wasserstrom um, from Squarefoot. He's going to talk to us a little bit about the changes that he's seen in his business over the last year and some predictions for the future. So, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thanks for having me, Shannon. Awesome. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about Squarefoot? So what's it all about? What do you guys do? And tell us about your role um, as a leader. Yeah. So Squarefoot solves commercial real estate uh, needs for growing companies. What does that mean? Uh, really three things. Um, one, we have a listings platform, squarefoot.com, which provides uh, transparency, provides access to inventory. The way when you're looking for a house or an apartment, you can go to Zillow. Squarefoot.com uh, provides that for office space. Uh, two, uh, we have in-house transaction team, brokers. Uh, we recognize that to find an office, uh, it's not just about seeing what's out there, but you actually want a trust advisor next to you uh, throughout that process. Uh, and then we equip, we equip uh, both our clients, the tenants, as well as our brokers uh, with tech tools to make that process more easy, enjoyable, and efficient. Uh, and then finally, uh, we have a couple of products uh, like Pivot Desk and Flex by Square Foot that help bring uh, more flexibility to our clients' uh, real estate needs. Cool. So as the co-founder and CEO, can you tell us a little bit about where this idea came from, sort of like where it started, uh, your inspiration for it? Yeah. So I've been in uh, commercial real estate for know, about 13 years now, I guess. Started in 2007 on the finance side, which was not the most fun time to do in real estate finance, a global financial crisis. Uh, learned a lot, had a ton of fun, uh, moved to New York for business school. And I got a call from a friend of mine who was looking for space for his last company. And he had gone online to try and do that. thought you could find office space online the same way uh, you find your apartment or a house. Um, and then that's when my phone rang, Jonathan, how the hell do I do this? Cause you can't find that inventory online. Definitely not. Then when we started the business kind of eight or nine years ago, uh, thankfully we've, uh, helped move the industry forward a little bit, uh, with all of that. So you have a very unique perspective on a year where no one is working in offices. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about what this spring of 2020 was like at square foot and, uh, sort of what the year kind of turned into with your business, seeing what value you could bring um, in a very different environment than you were previously working. Yeah, so spring was tough. Um, look, we were coming off of the best couple of quarters ever, end of 19, beginning of 20. 
we were at the stage where we actually had more leads than brokers to work those leads, which is, I hate the phrase, a good problem to have, but good problem to have. And then all of a sudden somebody turned off the lights and you know, we did a whole bunch of stuff from a business perspective to make sure that we were in a good place to uh, skate through uh, what will wind up being you know, most of a year coming on in March now. So made a bunch of tough decisions uh, throughout that process. Um, but we're kind of always talking to clients about what they were looking to do uh, kind of then and then going forward. Um, and what we hear pretty consistently um, with obviously a couple of asterisks as always, um, we want to get back to the office. Now the back to the office looks a little different than it did in February of 2020, um, both from a timing perspective and a staging perspective. And a, you know, it's different by market too. You know, New York where we do a lot of work, uh, a bit slower to get back to the office than when I talk to clients in in Texas, let's say, in Houston or Dallas or Austin. Um, but everybody wants more flexibility, right? What I what I don't believe is going to go the way of the dodo is the office. I think most people want to be in the office most of the time. Uh, what companies need to figure out, which is going to be an interesting um, kind of problem set for them to, to solve for, is how do you figure out how much space do you need? Uh, how do you get your employees uh, comfortable with coming into work uh, some of the time? Um, because we're actually, you know, there's what most people focus on, which I guess is interesting and you have to talk about is what does it look like today, right? And what does it look like four months ago when we're in the middle of a global pandemic? And that's interesting the way like, you know, you have to deal with what's in front of you is important. But what's really interesting is what does it look like when we either have herd immunity or the vaccine or everybody is dead, right? And then what does the world look like going forward? And that's where, where the really interesting conversations happen, right? What does the future of work look like? What does the future of the office look like? Um, and we believe, again, not just because I would like for it to be the case because we make money doing leasing transactions, but because all the clients keep telling us, hey, ready to get back to the office. And now let's start figuring out what the right way to do that is. Yeah. And I think, so I'd love to hear a little bit about how the conversations with your clients or your customers changed. So previously, were you using a certain skill set, right? You had folks with a certain skill set that were talking to customers. And now I can only imagine that you're having more strategic conversations with them about how to sort of run their business. So what does that look like? Did you have to skill up some of your folks? Like what, so what did that look like? We had to get everybody both internally and externally more comfortable with the variety of options yeah. uh, because we now have more options available and companies want a wider array. Companies have a wider array of things they're trying to solve for than a year ago. Um, and landlords have been very slow to react to that. And the fun thing for us is this kind of go between in between those parties is we get to first off build products and services that uh, can help bring the industry forward, uh, solving our clients' needs. Um, so it wasn't so much because we always drew, we always view ourselves as trust advisors. Our clients look to us to be that first call um, when it comes to solving the real estate needs. So our role hasn't changed and the, the skill sets haven't changed, but now there's a few more arrows in our quiver that didn't exist a year ago. And what we keep hearing from clients uh, is I want more flexibility in my lease, both amount and term. With a lot of the businesses that we've talked about, talked to um, over the last, you know, we started this podcast in what, April of 2020. Um, we've talked to a lot of folks about the fact that they either realized they had been doing the work 
that was going to support this change, or there were some gaps, right? Like they needed to skill up in certain places or just kind of take a different role in conversation. So it does seem like you were kind of set up to have these conversations before, which is interesting because you would think you were in a market that got hit super hard, right? So that there's, you know, it was probably things to balance at that time. You know, and I don't want to church it up at all. Like we both, we as square foot and we as an industry were hit super hard. The yeah. lucky thing for us is that we were already leaning pretty heavily into uh, flexible solutions going into this because we were already hearing that that's what people wanted. COVID has just accelerated that. Like a lot of things in the world, um, right. COVID just accelerated change that was already happening. So I guess the studies were all done kind of in 2018, but a couple of the big brokerages uh, both did surveys or research reports saying um, that by 2030, 30% of the office space will be flexible in nature. That's not new news. Uh, what I believe to be the case and what we're seeing already start to play out is that 2030 will be, uh, scooted in, it'll be before 2030 and 30% is probably an underestimation. There's definitely, we see this in our business too, right? Like what are, we're, we do digital operation solutions. So we're seeing all these folks that thought that their pen and paper was okay. It was working, you know, like their Excel was working They're like, but now they're seeing that it's not right. So I think that there's a lot of people knew that they needed to change. It just accelerated those, those changes. Definitely. So we ask everyone on this podcast about, uh, what does agility mean to you? So like, how would you define agility in your work or in your career? Um, and what is it, does it look different now than it used to? The easier answer or the easier question answer is the second one, which it doesn't look any different. It just becomes a lot more valuable, right? So agility means the ability, uh, to adapt to changing situations or, or to rather not be so set in your ways and set in your processes so that, um, you can move on a dime. Right. Um, and we saw that, uh, thankfully what we were able to do with the business um as well as what kind of i've had to do is my day job as ceo looks completely different now than it did a year ago yeah i'd uh, love to hear about that i think that leaders have been really pushed this year and you're seeing the companies that their leaders have I, we've talked to a bunch of ceos and founders and they've said like you have to lead from the front you have to lead with the like openness of saying like no one knows how to manage this but i'm doing the best that i can and then you see the leaders that thought they had all the answers that obviously did not because no one did. So I would love to hear about your process through that and your journey. I mean, look, I didn't even have many of the answers before this and everybody, <laughs> yeah. uh, everybody's uh, crystal ball, ball got a whole lot uh, more cloudy uh, the last handful of months. Yeah, I mean, I think it has to, it comes, a lot of it comes back to kind of transparency, which is a little too trite and overused. I don't think transparency means everybody at the company should know how many dollars are in the bank account. Cause I think the other thing I'll say about transparency is transparency without context is, is bullshit, right? So it's not just like sharing everything or sharing certain things for the sake of sharing. It's kind of, it's about contextualizing the things that you're sharing. And uh, this was one of the very first all hands we did like in April ish. Um, you know, I quoted Winston Churchill said, when you're going through hell, keep going. Right. And that said, we're not like the next few months are not going to be fun. I don't know what they look like, um, but they're not going to be the most fun of our professional careers. You know, I didn't get up and say, oh, hey, everything's going to be great. Like, I'm sure people are going to be leasing space on June 1st. 
Um, so it's, uh, you know, for us, pers- for us as a company, right, it's continuing to talk about where we are trying to take the business, where we're going to take the business over the next handful of years, which, by the way, I've never been more excited about because all of these trends actually lead right into what we've been building the business for. I didn't want a global pandemic to accelerate it. I didn't want a global pandemic to punch us in the gut in the interim. But when this is all said and done, I'll be a lot happier. So while talking about the future that we're all building together, um, being you know, pretty kind of frank, which is like right now is not amazing. Um, and I'm not like a long distance runner or any sort of like analogy like that. But like when you're in the middle of a race, like if you run a marathon, my sister-in-law runs like bunch of marathons i'm sure mile 20 is not like the most fun thing right she's not in it for mile 20 she's in it to get to the finish line and right. to do it faster than she did the time before and right now we're at mile 20 and the annoying thing or the frustrating thing or you know life thing is that right now we just don't know where in the marathon we are by the way now we know we're closer to the finish than when we were talking in september october when you had no idea when's the vaccine when is everybody gonna be able to get vaccinated who knows now there's at least light at the end of the tunnel and, and you have a better sense of when you get to that light. I, yeah, I love the way that you explain that to say that sugarcoating things for your people was not making it better. Like that was not going to be like, as a leader, you had to tell them like what was really happening without necessarily opening up everything. But I think that that is definitely something that we've heard to say, you know, leading with authenticity is definitely the way that went much better for folks than either trying to sugarcoat it or, you know, just not saying anything at all. Yeah, I'd love to hear. So you talked about trends. So I know you touched on a few, right, um, about the statistics about flexible workspace and um, all of the leases you're seeing, but are there any other sort of future trends that you're seeing in the industry that you think um, are really compelling to you or exciting to you? Exciting is a weird word. I think more companies, by the way, us being one of them, are going to uh, embrace um, more, I guess using the phrase too, right, flexibility around work. I'll actually use myself in particular. Uh, my wife and I live uh, with our seven month old in the suburbs. And I don't think I'll come to the office every day. I'm in the office today. Uh, I kind of come in a couple times a week now. Um, and we'll continue that I don't think I'll be five days in the office. I don't want to say ever again, because ever is a long time, but for a while, unrelated to the pandemic. I think there are tremendous benefits to being uh, live in person with the people that you work with, that there is no substitute now. Maybe tech gets there in 20 years. I mean, who knows, but I don't think that Zoom is replacement for in-person interactions. So it's helping figure, helping our clients navigate that new environment. We believe, I believe, that the companies that will be most successful are going to figure out how to solve that um, kind of multivariable thing, which is you want to optimize for uh, as many people in the office as much as possible, but not everybody in the office all of the time. Because there are benefits to working from home, right? You get to, you don't have to worry about like, are you going to get to see your kid before he or she goes to bed at night? Um, but there are downsides working from home, which I don't think anybody, I don't think many people, if they're being honest, uh, are as productive working from home. And even if they are productive, uh, as productive, uh, what you do not have is that kind of social cohesion, social bonding that can only happen in person. And anybody who disagrees, I'll ask them 
do they live with their significant other or do they live in opposite parts of the world and they just hop on zoom every day mm-hmm. and if you can answer that honestly the latter then great work from home yeah yeah it's really interesting i think that folks have definitely seen in different job functions. I think we're also seeing that certain folks are like thriving from home, like folks that are, that have more like task-based head down jobs are finding that they can really focus and get their job done in a fraction of the time that they used to with the distractions of the office. But then there's also folks that have like, I know the thing I miss the most is in-person whiteboarding. Like I miss like the brainstorm with my team. I run a creative team, right? And so I really miss that. And we have not really figured out a way to do that. We've used every sticky note app. We've used every like trying, but it's pretty painful. <laughs> like It's hard. There just can't be, maybe there can be at some point, like yeah. whenever there's just no substitution for in-person interaction. Yeah. And you can say, and people will say that like, you know, why do you let your HR department decide who you should interact with. I think that's stupid. Um, you either believe that in-person interaction is better and everybody clearly believes that. Cause again, getting like, you don't hang out with, if you have the choice, Hey, uh, should we go, uh, meet up at the bar again, post COVID should you and I go meet up at the bar, uh, to hang out on a Tuesday night, or should we each sit in our pajamas on our couches? Right. And right. tell me which one you think is going to be better. Right. Now, there could be extenuating circumstances, which is, I actually don't know where you're calling in from today. You could be in Chicago and I'm in New York, right? Which actually means we can't go hang out the bar tonight on a Tuesday. That doesn't mean it's not better. It means that there's a second best alternative, which is we can hop on Zoom uh, and hang out. And by the way, it's been actually one of these really nice kind of silver linings, which is like my closest friends from college, We there's like eight of us and we live in eight different cities. The last time we all were in the same place was actually for my wedding, which will be two years ago uh, next month. Now we have a global pandemic and correct me to say is you shouldn't need a global pandemic to figure out how the hell to use Zoom and, on, uh, and get on and hang out, but we did and we do that and that's great, right? And hopefully that continues post, post pandemic. Um, but if you gave us the choice, hey, we're all in the same city today, should we sit in our couches or should we go hang out at the bar or the library together? It's that. Certainly. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm calling in from Boston. We're in the Boston area. And so we definitely have had this understanding of like, this is okay, but it could be way better. Like I totally, I totally see what you're saying. By the way, and, and I completely agree. There are some job functions that probably work better. Um, not in the office and that's helping our clients figure out which of those are there and then how often is that right because again there's like two things and everybody talks about the first i don't think a lot of people talk about the second the first is productivity and everybody says great you know we haven't skipped a beat from productivity perspective i'll say great you're also working longer hours because you don't have a social life anymore right my wife says she's working more hours than ever because there's actually no separation between great i'm home from work or i'm at work Totally. Um, so, but what you don't have, even if you are more productive, um, is that social cohesion, social bind that only happens IRL. Yeah, it definitely does feel, that's really interesting that you, that there's like a productivity in a, in a social interaction. Cause I was thinking of it as like operational and cultural, right? Like there's two very different 
processes. So as Squarefoot, were you previously having most of your conversations about the operational function of the of the sort of lease and the building and the space and less conversation about the culture and now it's switched? Or do you feel like the conversations are still sort of even? It has become, now that there are more options, the culture piece uh, becomes even more front and center than it already was. Because it, it was already there, right? You know, you go with a client and you say, how do you guys usually work right like do you want a bunch of conference rooms do you want it to be all open or we work with a law firm or a financial services firm that wants a whole bunch of private offices so you were already having those conversations now there's just these other variables which is how many people want to be in the office how many days a week and now that has to also go in and then to take a step back up it's you know what does the census of your company look like right like how many people do you actually work better remotely you know there's interesting like you know are we going to start seeing and they're about to maybe start popping up more which is i guess we'll call it like uh closer to home co-working right so like using me in the suburbs as an example i'll come to the city two or three times a week uh fortunate that we have like i have an office type situation at home where where we can work from but there gets to be a time when like you know you don't like our kid is seven months old so he like doesn't know what's going on right but i've heard Good once for him. i'm jealous of him <laughs> right uh but i've but but i've heard that once they get to be like two or three like they know you're home and they want to hang out with you when you're home and then that creates a separate set of issues um so maybe you want to i want a place to work that's an office doesn't have to be a private office, but a place that isn't my home office, but also isn't coming into the city. By the way, we have probably like 10% of the company actually lives like in those suburbs. So do you get one office for all of us? Or do you get like co-working day passes at these new types of establishments? These are the types of questions that like nobody ever thought were going to be asked. And now we have to come up with solutions for those. It is interesting. I have a niece that's one and she lived only three months of her life, not like this. <laughs> You know, and it's been very, yeah, I can only imagine, we could do a whole podcast on parents that have managed this time. I can only imagine what it's been like working, running a business from home with a, how old is he? Like not even existing when this first started. Like I can only imagine right. how crazy that was. I haven't been able to interview him yet on his thoughts. Yeah, someday we'll have to do. But I will say, uh, yeah, going back to, I know I, ha I had a thought about the different cities thing is that we, it's really interesting because I listen to a lot of podcasts too. And I, a lot of them did like a retro on the year or whatever. And a lot of them had their biggest year of all time. And uh, they were talking about how they never, they were very against doing non-in-person interviews before. They were like, it just didn't feel like it was enough. Like Zoom didn't feel like the right vehicle. But now like we've been able to talk to, like originally we probably wouldn't have been able to talk to you on this podcast because we would have thought you needed to be in our studio. Whereas now we have like, all, we're like, okay, we can talk to anyone anywhere because this is the vehicle that we have. So it has been a really interesting sort of, it's widened our thoughts around like, how can we get guests? How can we have good people? Like that kind of stuff. Um, the conversations are definitely more vast than they probably would have previously been. For sure. I think there's a ton of benefits that are going to come out of this, that are already coming out of it and a bunch of costs too, right? So like the fact that you and I can do this, because the question is always like, in a dream world, are the two of us in the studio together? I don't, you can answer that some other time. And then the question is, then if you can't do that, if, if one believes that's the best, then if you and I were both in Boston, then we do that. Right. So 
but recognizing that, well, we're not both in Boston. So the option is either not do it or do it on Zoom, do Zoom all day. That doesn't yeah. mean Zoom is better. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I guess no, I love about. that. Yeah, that's a really good. Yeah, no, I love that perspective. I think that there has been this conversation around like better or worse when there really is like a nuance to that. Right. It's like what's acceptable versus not acceptable. That probably is like the real. And a lot of it, it's interesting. We think about this, too, because it impacts business travel. And again, all of our clients yeah. are businesses, uh, which is like, actually, if I had a meeting downtown, there's maybe some meetings that we should do on Zoom or a phone call that otherwise I would have, you know, got on my city bike and bike downtown 20 minutes. So you just save 40 minutes. And that's like small potatoes compared to like, should I fly to Boston to have a meeting with you? Or if you're in London, am I flying to London? Business is going to change. Um, I think it will revert a lot more to the mean than some people think. Uh, but it clearly is, it will move back to the mean. It's not going to go to the mean. All right. So our last question on this podcast is always, how are you doing? So this year has taken, has really humanized business a lot. We've all been talking to ourselves, like you're in my home right now. Um, and I think that there's definitely a lot of, um, sort of opening up that's happened this year. So how are you doing personally? Fine. Plus <laughs> and minuses, right? Yeah. Um, look, we're, I'm running, we're building a commercial real estate company in the middle of a global pandemic, which yeah. we started before and we will continue after. If I could have picked an industry to be playing in for the last nine months, this has not been the most fun. However, um, it has also opened up the most opportunities for the survivors. And it's just like every other downturn. Look, I'm an economist by trade, whatever. I major in economics in college, whatever that means. Like markets move in cycles. Uh, and I didn't think this market cycle would be punched by a global pandemic, but it would have been something else. And coming out of the cycle, I think we'll be ideally positioned. We need to get through that. And, you know, like I said earlier, there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's still not crystal clear when that we get to the end of the tunnel, but we'll all get there. Uh, so work's been really shitty the last nine months. Um, but we have an amazing team that has stuck through it because they're, you know, we're part of something bigger here. Um, and that's professionally. And, and look, personally, I told you, I have a seventh month old, like how pissed can I be? But professionally has been tough. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah. And it's hard to separate those things. Like, just like you were saying, the lines are completely blurred. Like I, I started off this pandemic in a one bedroom apartment um, where my office, my gym, my couch, my TV, that was one room. <laughs> so, and my husband was furloughed and it was crazy. And I, and I was so bad at not answering everything at any time. Cause it was all in one room and it was really hard. And I, so I think that we've definitely folks have found some kind of semblance of balance, but it's nothing like the morning commute when you're forced to either be on a train or a bike or walking or in your car. And the provocative, maybe controversial statement is I think some people miss their commute. I do. <laughs> That's, I've started like I walk my dog for a while and like a long time in the morning now. And I listen to a full podcast because that's what I used to do on my drive. And I was so behind on all my stuff at the beginning of this. I was like, I haven't like I haven't listened to any new music in like months. So I definitely like I think that that's definitely I'm one of those people in that camp. So I don't go. miss traffic, but I do miss the commute. I believe that. Yeah. Awesome. Jonathan, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. This has been awesome. I think our, 
uh, listeners or viewers are going to really um, be excited to hear what you have to say. So, and we're wishing you a wonderful and full of growth 2021 um, for you in first square foot. Thanks y'all. Really appreciate the time. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody, uh, make sure to like and subscribe and you can find us on all of the places that you listen to your favorite podcasts or on YouTube or on quickbase.com slash podcast. And we will see you next week. Thanks.